All right, we're back. Nice. Hey. Yo. Hey, hey. Uh, Paul, have you watched the first episode of Halo? I have. What do you think? I really enjoyed about the first 20 minutes, half an hour-ish of it. I There is a big problem I have with it, and it's kind of... A, <laughs> I don't like their version of Master Chief at all so far, so I'm hoping... That gets better, but uh, that seems like a big glaring problem. But like at the beginning of the episode, it's kind of just cool seeing like Spartans and elites fighting for a bit. What's your problem with Master Chief? <clears throat> I don't like. Mm. Spoilers. <laughs> OK, well, if it's a spoiler, don't say it. I mean, we're talking about the first episode, but it. Yeah, when I'm thinking I, of what they do with Master Chief, it's like not they don't really do much. Like he seems the same in the games to me so that's why i'm a little confused oh he has a bad voice first of all and they do something with him that is weird okay <laughs> on a first episode all right i mean like let's <clears throat> let's remember they're not trying to follow the game lore here right yeah that's not my problem at all okay okay yeah yeah um uh i did see that they said some shitty remark of like we're not we didn't even play the game it's like Okay, so you're just saying that, like, you're too lazy to see the source material, at least, to even That's see weird. what maybe you're not copying? That's, I'm kind of surprised to even hear that. Like, why remark. are you proud of that? Because, like, in the <laughs> in the opening credits, it even says, like, in association with 343 Studios. <clears throat> so it's like, I know yeah. someone there has played the games. Oh, I'm sure somebody has. So I would hope who so. Who was saying, <laughs> I, so I don't know who was saying that. Maybe it was, like, a one-off random person like a cameraman probably a director or something, or something. Um, i don't think 343 had a direct association they probably just gave them money and notes they probably had nothing to do with the actual production i mean i doubt 343 paid for any of this um, yeah well, microsoft like, definitely footed the bill <laughs> uh, as they yeah, do i mean i would assume some of the storytellers over at 343 probably were in the writing room Maybe I got the impression that that is at not at all the case that these writers don't give a shit about the game and that's fine. They don't have to, but it just seems weird to even mention anything like that. that so that I don't weird. know. It's I think it's fine. I had fun with it, so I don't really get the Internet hate I've seen about it. I've also seen some people say that they liked it, so I don't know. It seems like it might be divisive just in general. I, I would say I I enjoyed my time with it. I actually haven't really seen like, yeah. anyone talking about it, and it's probably because it's on uh, Paramount Plus, and who subscribes to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So I'm I'm surprised I haven't seen more. I did see the one headline that it was Paramount mm -hmm. Plus's like biggest, like most watched thing, and I was like, well, of course, probably because who watches Paramount Plus? <laughs> I don't actually know what else is on there that would be like a thing. Oh, yeah, watch. SpongeBob the Under Years, the prequel series. Uh, I don't. Is that a joke? Like, I don't actually know if you're being serious. That's I a really show don't that's know. on there. They also have the new uh, 3D Rugrats where it's no longer the same art style. Now they're like, polygonal. oh, that sounds terrible. I haven't seen that. But they got the voice actors back. So OK, part of, that's part, cool. part of me is like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I hate the way you babies look, because if you think about it, those Rugrats were weird shapes. Tommy Pickles totally. has a weird shaped head and now it's totally. 3D. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. 
Yeah. I didn't actually know that even existed. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so, well, you must have known about the um, continuation of the Fairly Odd Parents in live action form that's coming out shortly, right? You've said something about that. I've never watched Fairly Odd Parents, so I don't care at all. Okay. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's. I don't think there's a reason <laughs> to subscribe to Paramount Plus except Twilight Zone's on there. And like the new Twilight oh. Zone, I liked those. Okay. Um, and then Halo is on there too. So, Halo seemed fine. Uh, I'm more excited about Moon Knight so far. Well, that's what I was going to talk about next, but I just want to say a quick thing about Halo. Mm-hmm. I liked the first episode. Second one, I think, okay. came out today, and I haven't watched it yet. Um, Same. Every time they make a reference to the game, whether it be like, we're going into first person during this fight, or yeah. Master Chief gets <laughs> shot enough that he has to go behind a rock, and you have to watch his shield the, bar regenerate, yeah. I think is the silliest nonsense ever. Unless I get to see a teabag then I'm like, you have earned this. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the the first time it goes into first person, I like li- I just outwardly said, did they really have to do that? <laughs> like, all right. All I'm saying is <laughs> if guess. nobody in that universe <clears throat> teabags somebody after killing them, then I'm going to be like, you're not even trying to make a Halo show. You're just using the name to get the buzzwords out there. You do not care what well, goes on that- in this show. Then that proves that they didn't play the game. <laughs> exactly. I was watching this with my girlfriend who I knows nothing about Halo. And she yeah. said, hey, is this the teabagging game? To which I replied, no, that's every single game. She yeah. also thought it was very weird when they went into first person mode. Yeah, there I couldn't tell exactly what it is. There is something weird about some of the scenes, like how they're shot. I don't know if it's the CG quality uh, or the saturation of the colors in some spots looks like overblown or something. There's something about it that feel seems like, oh, right, this isn't Disney. They don't have infinite money to put behind a TV yeah, show. Yeah, I, I, I thought the Covenant didn't <laughs> look great. They looked, like, good enough. It wasn't like... They looked fine, They didn't I look thought. bad, but it was definitely like, you know, you're right. If this was, like, a Marvel show, it would have looked better for sure. Um, yeah. But, that, I mean, that's a good segue. Did you watch the first episode of Moon Knight? I did. I really, really like it so far. It, it's cool. Um, yeah. Again, it's it's fun watching that. So I know very little about Moon Knight other than I just know what his character kind of is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's fun kind of watching like their take on it. And then my girlfriend knowing nothing. So she's like, what is going on with this guy? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, in my head, I'm like, well, I actually kind of know what's going on with this guy. But I don't want to tell you because they're setting it up to be like kind of a <laughs> mystery, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I also like how it's shot where the one we're kind of following the one personality. So there's just blackouts that we don't see what happened. We just see the aftermath when he comes. That person comes back, essentially. Yeah. And like the way they're doing that is it's both like kind of a cool like editing uh, style that also leads into like some fun comedy because it'll just be back and it's like, oh, shit, everything is just covered in blood. What did you do? Or like the one where they 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 flip back and he's driving backwards now. <laughs> and you're just like, what would have what happened? Yeah, there's some there's some great stuff in there. And uh, Oscar Isaac is like the prime candidate for playing a character that is, seems like he's trying to be normal, but is like supremely unhinged underneath. <laughs> I mean, Oscar Isaac is just an incredible. He's actor. very good. I'm just it's yeah. really great to see him in a Marvel thing. You know, so yeah. that's I'm looking forward to the next one, but I'm definitely getting like 
kind of Loki vibes of like, oh, I'm very excited with what is going on with this larger mystery. Like they're and I guess WandaVision had this well where it's like I have a lot of questions yeah. that you, you've set up a lot of interesting <clears> things <throat> that I want to see what's going on next. Totally. Also, yeah, I think this, very is, cool. this is the first Marvel show that has no like movie connection. Because all the other yes, ones you're were right. from a movie and then they got their own show. This is show first. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And the tone is just like super a thing I'm into. Just a weird kind of like horror stuff going on in the background. Mystery, just fucked up shit. And I'm sure that's going to just get better as we go. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, all right, before we get into the thing, I wanted to address John because we're getting more and more questions about John and we haven't like really talked about it on the air. Uh, John is just taking a break from like extracurricular activities ever since Coliseum. He got just like burnt out. So he's just yeah. trying to get some time back basically in his like free time. John will be coming back on the show. I wish I could tell you more. I, I get like half answers every now and then um we're, we're not rushing john he, this is you know this is just an extracurricular activity for all of us so hopefully he'll be back next week but i can't guarantee that but john's just yeah. taking a break that's all that's going on right now so hopefully that answers whatever questions you guys might have yeah there's nothing sinister it. going on in the background i talked to him a few days ago he's doing fine yep <laughs> yep john is doing a-okay he just wanted a bit yeah. more free time back after like he I'm not sure if he's <laughs> talked about the Coliseum. He put a lot of work into that, getting that going. And he just needed a break and he just wanted to get some like some free. He's time still feeling the aftermath from it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's still working on relaxing. Um, With that, let's do the top down perspective for March 31st. This is the last day of March. Anything uh, you need to get done before April? I don't know. I'm worried. April Fool's tomorrow, so we got to get all the news we can out about games right now, so that we're not fooled for next week. Sure, I you know April Fool's sucks. <laughs> I really don't like it because the internet turns into a giant like this is misinformation, but it's funny and it's like it's not though. <laughs> it's like, the yeah. thing. I don't know. Like <laughs> April Fool's is fun when you're still in like a school setting and people are playing fun like harmless pranks on people. But yeah, yeah. The, like the news side of it is like, this is just I'm tired. I just want to take a yeah. nap. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm just too old for <laughs> April Fool's. Maybe that's what I'm kind of realizing. But I will, but, you know, like, yeah. hey, when I lived in the dorms and for April Fool's, people put a bunch <laughs> of couches in the showers. Hey, that was funny. Sure. The problem with the Internet and especially like what we like to talk about with uh, video games and movies and stuff is that the f their April Fools are literally just saying like news that could be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, good one, guys. You or, got or, me by lying <laughs> or like so outlandish that it's like, no. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Um, And I'm Sean. Like Blake. this 3D Rugrats. I can't believe you got me with that one. I wish I wish I got you with that one. I, <laughs> Sorry. If I could if I could tell you that they brought Rugrats back honest, like with the 2D style, man, but I can't. <laughs> Instead, we got no. the, it, that. That's a great example of the monkey paw curling right there. Yeah, totally. Um, And that's Paul Fleck. That's me. Yeah. Paul, what have you been playing? Uh, I played through Ghostwire Tokyo, so I wrapped that game. All right. How long did it take you? 
Um, I think you could, if you just mainline the story, I think you can do it in six to eight hours. I spent uh, 19 almost exactly, and I did all the side missions as well as the main story mission. All all the side missions that were like said they were like a side quest. I didn't do like all the collectibles and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I was I think I was hearing around 20 hours was the other other hour count I heard. Yeah, if you just mainline the story stuff, you can be done in less than 10 easy. It's oh, wow. pretty short. Okay. Yeah. And did you like it? <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I think it's totally okay. I think it has a lot of problems with it. So, I mean, following up after Elden Ring, which is kind of exactly what I want, exploring a giant world that seemingly never ends and finding something cool everywhere, and going back to kind of a cookie cutter video game, this is a checklist of shit to do in this area. Um, it's hard. It's hard making that switch back. Yeah, I mean, hey, everyone's going to have to go through the, like, they're done with Elden Ring and they have to continue on with their video game lives. Like, that's just... Well, the thing is, is that Tunic was that game. And that is also a kind of big mystery where you're kind of exploring. And this is very much a driven... This isn't even really that open world because you can't go to any place in the world until you get rid of the fog that kills you. Like, it, it's very sectioned off from you so it's pretty linear in a lot okay. of it too um and yeah just seeing like a whole bunch of icons on the map and just being like oh this is way too much shit and then you go into the legend and you're like oh okay here we go turn off all phones convenience stores all this stuff oh okay this is a manageable map now <laughs> i mean how do you think horizon feels i mean I think Horizon is probably just a better made game overall. So the biggest problem I have with Ghostwire is that it is just inherently boring. Uh, the gameplay loop, the combat, you get all your skills. You have like three weapons, essentially. You have a light attack, a medium attack and a heavy attack, essentially, with your different uh, finger guns that you do. And you have a cross or not a crossbow, just a bow, like a bow and arrow thing. And that's it throughout the whole game. You get different like perks that increase certain things about those attacks, but they don't change fundamentally how any of those attacks work. And you are thrown into a lot of kill a bunch of dudes and then like finish this area up missions. And there's a lot of similar enemy types. It's just kind of boring just okay. all around. Um, it feels like there are things that they put effort into and some cool ideas it's cool first of all walking around shibuya is awesome that scenery is great going down like an alleyway and just seeing like what weird shit might be down there creepy ghosts and stuff like that that stuff's cool then it just inevitably turns into some weird fight where you're fighting more men with umbrellas for like 10 minutes or whatever and then you end um the side missions have cool ideas behind them of like little vignettes or stories around this haunted city or part of the city that you're trying to solve kind of like a weird Tokyo ghostbusters of some sort, but they don't follow through all the way either. Um, like there'll be a mission where you're learning about this specific demon that's doing this thing. And then you're not fighting that demon at the end. You're fighting 10 dudes with umbrellas that you've been fighting the whole game. It's, 
kind of a letdown in that it feels like this is a product of a game that they had a bunch of ideas for. We know the creative director left a few years back after like they announced the game. I'm sure their COVID didn't help. I'm sure they had some like funding cuts or like some problems in development. This feels very much like a product of that where they have some cool ideas set in stone already, but we have to kind of phone it in because we still need to release a product that we promised investors would be out eventually. Uh, which is too bad because there is a lot of cool stuff running around the city is cool. Some of the ghosts and like story things going on are cool. The weapons, uh, the finger powers or whatever are pretty cool for a while until you just use them too much. The story's okay. Some of the characters are cool. KK and Akito, the main characters have this kind of fun buddy cop vibe going on where he's like, giving you some information you're learning the story as you're going at a pretty decent clip like there's stuff about it that is good but it's not great it's a total like mediocre i was saying like five or six out of ten game that i think if you want something like that you should play but maybe wait for like a decent deal on it yeah i ended up like not picking it up Mainly because I just have a lot else to play, so I'll probably yeah. grab it on whatever first sale pops up. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was I was hearing pretty kind of like, you know, it's fine, but not yeah. great. No need to like jump at it right now. Um, totally. And I know I got plenty of Elden Ring to keep going through with. So. Yeah, and that's kind of also the problem if this came out. I don't know, even like in a month or two from now where there's not a really big thing that I necessarily have my sights set on, maybe it goes down a little bit better. I just got off two games that are definitely fighting for like the top five spots in my game of the year already. I had two other things I was interested in come out around this time, like besides this. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's I mean, like it, it was end of fiscal. That's why everything kind of came out. Yeah. So. You know, but you're right. Not a lot is coming out in April. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like kind of bad because I don't mean to shit on it or anything because it's fine. It's just it definitely feels like there is a better product hidden in there with like another year of development and some more money or something. Um, But you can't always get what you want. What it is, it's totally fine. Wait for a good sale. It's it'll you'll probably like it at a cheaper price. That's really all I've been doing. Right on. So I've been playing Elden Ring, but uh, more yeah, of course, I've been playing Kirby, the Forgotten Land. OK, I'm uh, curious about this because this might be on my next game like this is on the list, but this might be next. Right. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've only played through the first world and I'm like in the first level of the, the second world. OK, um, I was planning to play more of it, but then when it turned out that the co-op was something my girlfriend wanted to do, uh, we kind of played a, a big, long series of co-op on the weekend, and then we just didn't get back to it uh, since sure. then. I will say Kirby is, like, really easy. It, like, we're playing on, like, the normal difficulty, and it is still very easy. So And so I couldn't even imagine what the easy difficulty is, but I don't know, maybe if you're yeah. a little kid or something. You find it boring easy or like, is there enough to keep you engaged that you don't notice how mind numbingly easy it could be? I think there's enough to keep me engaged. Uh, you okay. know, it, it's very 
it's Mario 3D World. It's not Mario Odyssey, which I think I had hoped it was going to be more like bigger uh, environments that you're hanging out with and finding secrets and stuff. It is very linear path with, you know, a couple like, oh, if you break this like door, you'll encounter like a like a sub objective you could have done. And there's, you know, five objectives per level, one being like beat the stage, one being find all the hidden waddle dees. And there'll be then there'll be three that you don't know that you just have to like come across by interacting with the environment. So you pretty much just kind of want to run through everything, attacking like everything that looks that stands out. If you see a poster that you haven't really seen before, you know, shoot it with a fireball and see if that's something. Gotcha. Okay. so there is somewhat of a reason to go back to these stages if you like missed some of those. And even like the first world's boss, you complete it and then it like reveals the uh, anytime you complete a, a stage and you haven't done all the objectives, it'll show you which ones you missed. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to go back and prioritize that. And like some of the boss ones were like, hey, you beat the boss, but can you do it in under two minutes? Can you do it only using sword Kirby? Stuff like that. Okay. And I'm assuming it's going to get a little more interesting in that way. There are also like challenge levels throughout the first world that you can partake. Mm -hmm. I didn't do many of them because those are strictly single player. And when I was doing a co-op session, I wasn't going to be oh. like, hey, can you sit here for two minutes while I do this time attack challenge? Like, no, nah, let's just move on to the next thing. Interesting. Um, so okay. there is some more difficulty if you want to try and, and search for it. Um, sure. I will say, like, on the big screen, I don't think it looks particularly good. I think it looks fine on handheld. <clears> but, you know, that's a much like con- more condensed screen. And it's going to it's going to be a little uh uh lower resolution so it's going to run a little better so i think it does look better uh handheld on the big screen it just looked like kind of chonky and blocky and and almost stretched out which i'm not surprised at this point with a switch game sure um but yeah i'm liking it like don't expect this to be like a mario odyssey where it's like no if if you want the challenge if you want the cool like searching it's it's not going to be that uh right I don't think it's going to be something that you're going to like play the stages many times to experience them again. It's going to be at most. I want to get all five objectives. If not, it's, it'll probably more so be I want to play through each stage and just continue on. I also don't know how long it is. Um, I feel like Kirby games are traditionally like. Extra long in terms of like they finish and then there's like one more world that pops up. So I bet the length is probably fine, too. I haven't I haven't looked into it too much. I mean, it seems like a good Kirby game, so I think that's kind of what you'd expect. Uh, it's it's on the better end of the Kirby spectrum. Okay. Cool. Um, but you know, at the same time, like it's a Nintendo game, so if you're waiting for a sale, you're not going to save that much by waiting for a sale. <laughs> yeah. Those things only drop so much, so you have to kind of decide, yeah. like, do you want to play it or not? Because it's never going to be more than it's like it'll be rare if you even get it for half price. So. Oh yeah. Um, I also just quick mention played a Game Pass title called A Memoir Blue that dropped. This is another Annapurna mm-hmm. game that came out. Uh, very low key, very low on the game mechanics. You are playing a woman who is kind of reliving vignettes of her life that relate to the relationship with her mother all through the lens of like, what if everything was underwater? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what the kind of story behind it was or who that character was okay cool um this game you can play through it in under an hour so 
you know, oh, wow. if you like if you like short narrative games where, you know, you're just kind of like experiencing, you know, if you it's like a short story, but in game form, you know, you're probably the kind of person that knows if this is interesting to you or not. That's on Game Pass. Right. I thought it was a cool, you know, 50 minutes that I got to play through. So some maybe something that someone might like. Cool. I also brought some show and tell that I wanted to talk about. OK. I can finally talk about the X screen that I got sent to me. OK, I, sure. I was lucky enough. I got to make a video of this for work. Let me let me open this up. I've, I've told Paul yeah. a little bit about this in the past. And I'll try to yeah. paint as much of a word picture as I can. Okay. People want to see the video I made. Check out my Twitter. I was, you know, tweeting about it when I went live yesterday. Anyways, the X screen is from a, an Australian developer called Upspec Gaming. And they made a little monitor that plugs into the back of a Series S. So you can take it on the go. Yeah. So for... um people just listening if you know what a series s looks like just kind of like the block or whatever imagine a laptop screen that like sean just kind of flipped upwards from the top of it yeah and like you know it's it's plugs into the back it takes up one usb port and the hdmi port so it blocks off the second usb port and the um ethernet cable so you can't mm -hmm. plug it in. You, you can only use Wi-Fi. You do still have a USB port on the front. So you, you can right. still plug more stuff into it if you need to. But it sits flush. And then the screen is 11.6 inches diameter. And it sits, sits flush with your new, like, kind of extra long Series S. Yeah, it kind of, uh, it's like a clamshell design if yep. you've seen, like, a DS or, or anything, really. Any electronics these days uses that sort of form factor. And yeah, I'm seeing someone just uh, put my video in, in the chat right now. So thank you for that. If people want to get kind of the full thoughts, this thing is so cool. I love this thing. Um, like if, if people haven't seen the series S it, it's tiny. It is a, it is so mm -hmm. tiny, especially from like me coming from like the PS five and, or the series X, the series S is such a tiny sure. thing for what you're getting as a current gen console. I love how small mm -hmm. it is. This makes it a bit bigger. But to the point, like, you could throw this in a backpack. And weight-wise, sure. this is lighter than the Series X with the X screen attached. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> For uh, sure. The carrying case is pretty cool because it fits, the, obviously, the screen attached to the Xbox. And then there's room for the power cable and a controller in there as well. So you can put it all together in one. Yeah. And I was like, um, oh, you know, I was carrying that to the office and playing that in the office. And that was that was totally fine. I was able to plug this into my car's lighter port and it turned yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, just in case somebody or like you're listening to this and you're interested, it is I see two hundred and fifty dollars USD for that. And um, I guess a few specific things, 1080p, 60 hertz resolution. Uh, integrated stereo speakers, built-in controls for screen settings of volume, cable-free attachment solution. Uh, only the original power cord, as Sean was saying, is uh, the thing required. It just plugs in and uses utilizes the power from the actual system itself. HDMI, CEC, Xbox power off function on screen to prevent overheating. 11.6-inch IPS screen. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
so you kind of touched on a few things that I should expand on for you. Uh, it does not have HDR. That would be too much of a power draw. They said, of course, yeah. Um, it's a 1080p screen. You're, you know, you're not going to need 4K for such a small screen. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, so you know, it's it's a small screen, and as a result, you're going to be sitting close to this. And even when I was like playing Tunic on it, and I like opened up the manuals, I had to like lean in, like. It is a tiny screen, so I don't know if you're really going to play a lot of like Twitch shooters on this thing, but right. if you're at a place without Wi-Fi, maybe you're not going to do that anyway. The price, right. though, is is kind of the big, th- you know, thorn in your side. So the Series S yeah. is and these are all American prices I'm, I'm getting into the Series S three hundred dollars. Yeah. You can often find it on sale for close to two fifty. The screen is two fifty. So you're doubling the price of a Series S. Which is a lot. Yeah. Especially when like if I if I go to like bestbuy.com and type in 40 inch TV, I can get a 40 inch TV for like 230. Yeah. So mm-hmm. but I mean a 40 inch TV is way harder to transport than this thing is. So we're kind of comparing apples to oranges here. You're but sure at the same time, you're paying a premium for just how portable and you know nice this is. Yeah, for sure. And as someone who like you know, when I go home for Christmas, I bring a Series X with me in my backpack. You know, when I go to my girlfriend's parents' place for Thanksgiving, I bring a Series X with me in my backpack and yeah. a small TV to, like, use for work and also for games. Now I can just bring this. I'm going to sell this in a backpack. So it's kind of a game yeah. changer for me. I mean, I'm thinking, like, when I grew up and I was moving back and forth between my parents' houses every weekend... I, I brought my own game consoles and my own TV with me back and forth. Yeah. If I had this thing that like, holy smokes, that would have been insane. Um, it's cool. It's it's it, I, it's expensive. I get it. It's a really premium accessory, but like it's a really it's, fun. It's pretty niche. Too. It's it is cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the scenario where this makes sense, it's really cool. You know, yeah. if you're someone who travels a lot, maybe if you're someone in like a dorm room, this is a really cool thing. Sure. So I'm, I, w- I was super lucky that I was able to test this out and, and use it. And I'm, I love using it. It's it's super cool. So I wanted to show that off. Sure. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Made by Australians, I guess. I just found a Kickstarter page for it. Yes, yeah, so it's an Australian developer. Yep. Upspec Gaming, if people wanted to get more info on that thing. Yeah. Um, okay, why don't we do some news? Bunch of things happened this yeah. week. Uh, E3 has been canceled. Yeah. Um, maybe for good? Not sure yet, but definitely for this year. Uh, definitely for this year. There's not even going to be an online thing. It's basically been canceled. I did see, um, Steven Totillo over at Kotaku. Actually, is he still at Kotaku? No, he's not at Kotaku. He's at Axios Gaming. Um, he is saying that apparently they did come out and say that 2023's event will be physical and digital. So there is plans to come back next year, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see, I guess. Um, one thing that I thought was just kind of like worth bringing up is so when this news was coming out, the first person I saw who talked about it was Will Powers. um, Yeah, okay. PR lead at Razor. Or as I like to call him, the winner of the first season of the Tester reality game show. 
that I'm sure he loves that there's a section of us that only know his name from that weird <laughs> whenever this guy pops show. up in my feed I'm always like oh yes I watched three seasons of this terrible game show <laughs> you guys covered it too we did on this we did podcast, weekly, weekly recaps on this podcast so yeah I, I I can't go out I can't say for certain but I don't think anyone has covered the tester as much as the top-down perspective has I, I definitely think that's a safe bet. I would also say I don't think anyone should cover the tester as much as the top down perspective has. I but I have agree. fond memories of sitting in Nathan's basement, downloading the episode on his PS3 because that was the yep. only way they sh- you could get it. <laughs> and then yep. watching the episode before we recorded an episode of the top down perspective. Nice. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, E3, not this year. It sounds, and then, you know, at the same time, Jeff Keighley tweeted like, Summer Game Fest, hey, who's coming? <laughs> so <laughs> there will be some kind of game live streams around that time. Um, I would almost assume it's like too late. If anyone was like planning to show stuff off in the summertime period, they've already yeah. been developing like their vertical slice, start getting their trailers going at this point. Yeah. So I'm sure there will be some kind of live stream to cover it. I mean, Microsoft has enough developers underneath that they can make their own event if they wanted. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. But I'll always remember how my manager said, Sean, I'm going to send you to the next E3. And that was two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> but I'm still going to hold him to that when there is finally one to be sent to. Oh, that guy's been gone for like 20 years. He's like, he promised me, man. I'm going to I'm going to like die and like come back as a ghost because that's my unfinished business. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hyper Light Breaker was announced. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> this is from Heart Machine, the, the developers of Hyper Light Drifter and more recently Solar Ash. Solar Ash. Yeah. They're making basically a Hyperlight Drifter sequel in the world of Hyperlight. And now it's and they're kind of doing the whole Risk of Rain style where let's take our game and then make it polygonal. Let's make it 3D. Yeah. Um, I learned my lesson with Risk of Rain, man. I was saying Risk of Rain 2 looks like utter fucking trash. How could they do this or whatever? And I ended up eating my words on that because I loved Risk of Rain 2. So. Risk of Rain 2 is so good. Risk of Rain 1 is so good. That's just a great yeah. series. <laughs> we used to do a daily, like, looking for secrets together. Yep. Yeah, we made up the daily yeah. challenge. That was when I first moved. That's, that when I was, that's when I was interning in San Francisco. So when I first came down here, we did that. Oh, um, man. Weird. But yes, this looks great. There's a trailer out, but, like, even just yeah. the screenshots on Steam, like, it just looks so cool. I love it. It looks look. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming 2023 online co-op. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, that's super awesome. There's a report going up. This came up on Windows Central. It has not been confirmed yet, but it's sounding like Microsoft is moving ahead with plans for an Xbox Game Pass family plan. Yeah, this kind of makes sense. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the thing here because I didn't get to read it at work. Is there like any details about it or is it just in rumor phase right now? 
it's pretty much rumor fate. Well, I'd say it's, you know, it's a little more than rumor based on kind of who's reporting it here. Um, sure. I thought I had read something about it would be for five people at a significant discount, but I'm trying to see if that was tied to this article or not. I'm not seeing that in, in the article. So maybe someone just randomly said that. It sounds like it'll be using the, um, family plan thing that they already have kind of set up for office 365 or whatever, kind of a similar idea. So that makes sense that it would be probably just connected to an account and you would have people in your family that could access it. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, Nintendo is the only one that does this. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah. eight person family plans. So no, I think yeah. it definitely makes sense to like, you know, it's you know, if you want to play co-op games, like get, make sure your friends have like Game Pass and then you instantly have a list of co-op games like it's a it's a good strategy. And if you get a discount, then absolutely sounds good. Oh, OK, here we go. Let's see. For more information, paying on a higher tier for an Xbox Game Pass family plan will net access for five players for games across the entire library and will be far cheaper than paying for five separate xbox game pass accounts as is necessary today so let's make some predictions let's say this is real okay. what do you think a yeah. family plan costs you all we know is far cheaper than five separate so we're so it's 15 for ultimate for ultimate I, right i'm thinking 60 so you so you save up the price on one yeah i would say four probably I'm, something like i'm gonna say Maybe even like 55 or 50, like in that area bulb. I don't think it's yeah. lower than 50. Yeah, I think it's 50. I would guess 50 as well, because I feel like getting getting one by four, get one for free is not far cheaper. Sure. So I want to. Yeah, say true. 50. Yeah, I, I could see that. By three, get two seems like too good. But then again, I would also say Game Pass is too good. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that would be pretty no, 45, though. That'd be pretty great. 45 bucks and you get five people on there. What about 20 bucks? <laughs> oh, that's ins- there's absolutely no way. That's such a yeah. It's like we're actually taking a huge loss giving people this. I would almost feel bad like I'm stealing from Microsoft at that point. <laughs> five dollars more than ultimate. You can give it to a bunch of other people. Four other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. In equally depressing or maybe relieving news, Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed to spring 2023. Sure. I mean, I find it funny that they keep pushing it back. I'm sure there's a group of people that are just insanely angry about this news, but I'm I'm of the impression like, good, I've got plenty to play. My backlog's full. Push it off. Um, I also yeah. liked a lot of the like jokes on Twitter of like Nintendo is just like, all right, Elden Ring gets a game of the year for 2022. Here you go. <laughs> like sure. the one contender is stepping down. I mean, for some people, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, great. that's so, I mean, fine. And then here's the other question that I've been hearing a lot of people ask. Does this hint at the at a Switch Pro or a Switch 2 release date? I could like it. I could see it, but I also think it's insane. There hasn't been one of those yet. (laughs) So (laughs) when they announced the switch, it was in the fall and it came out the following spring. 
So they could do the exact same thing this year. Oh, yeah, where they, yeah, and then, like, bundle, have a bundle with uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Well, probably not a bundle, but, like, you're going to get Breath of the Wild 2 with it. Like, that's the system seller. Similar to how, like, uh, Metroid Dread was, like, this game is coming the day of the OLED. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, much like Breath of the Wild 1, maybe Breath of the Wild 2 is a cross-gen. I could see that just like Twilight Princess. Like a lot of things are lining up. I guess we'll see. I could see. Um, All right. Arguably the biggest news this week. uh, Sony's Project Spartacus. Their rumored heavily rumored Game Pass competitor. uh, Was detailed this week. And it ended up being a hundred percent of what the rumors expected it to be. No surprises yeah. here. Yeah, which is a bummer. <laughs> I I was hoping for a big surprise of some sort, but nope. Um, so let's go through. They have three tiers here, uh, like like we knew. Yeah, it is. They are combining PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. It's just called PlayStation Plus. Is like yep. the whole offering it. Uh, but let me see what the names of the tiers are here. There's Essentials is the baseline one, and it is literally what PS Plus is now, right now. Correct. Um, and that's two monthly downloadable month, games. Yeah, two monthly downloadable games, online multiplayer, a few game discounts here and there, and cloud storage. Same price. Uh, exactly. Uh, PS Plus Extra is Tier 2, and it's everything we just said. But it adds 400 PS4 and PS5 games that can be downloaded. Um, the examples they give here are, are the ones that they're saying so far are Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, God of War, Returnal, Mortal Kombat 11, and Death Stranding. So sure, makes sense. Um, more titles, including third-party dev- developed ones, will be announced as like closer to when this releases and happens or whatever. And um, this is going to be $15 a month. I mean, they also have yearly uh, prices as well. That is like significantly cheaper, like for that plus, plus extra or even like, mm-hmm. like, like look at plus plus is nine to 10 bucks a month, 60 a year plus extra yeah. is 15 a month, a hundred a year. Yeah. And then the final one is premium and uh, it's everything said but also adds their classic games ps1 ps2 and psp games uh downloaded or streamed time limited trials uh ps4 and ps3 game streaming as well and this is 17.99 or 18 bucks a month and 120 dollars a year i do i do think kind of the wording in here is a little funny so if you look at like plus extra where it says as a adds a collection of up to 400 of the most enjoyable ps4 or ps5 games as if implying like that's the maximum we're never going to go over that (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe they're just covering their bases for right now (laughs) i mean there's no way that's what that means like why would they have a limit but i mean the way they worded it you could read that as there is a limit to this Um, yeah i just thought that was kind of funny um so the big differentiator here is they are not putting in the first party titles on day one. Oh, from Game Pass, you mean the big differentiator? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That game- is a bummer. 
Whereas Game Pass comes out and says, hey, Halo, day one. Forza Horizon 5, day one. Gears of War 5, day day one. PlayStation is not doing that. Uh, Jim Ryan was even quoted. uh, I'll just read his thing here. In terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon release, as you know well, sorry, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past. And it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games we have put we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of games that we make would not be something that gamers want. I hate this statement. <laughs> well, like, it definitely implies, like, if we did that, the games are going to get worse. Well, what he's... Li- He's I hate that he says the virtuous cycle will be broken because it's literally saying we didn't used to do this and we're not going to start now because then we would maybe like give you more or something like. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so dumb. It's like the virtuous cycle is charging us $70 like what (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of that virtuous cycle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there, there's kind of two sides to this. The one that like is, yeah. is on his side is I totally get they they put millions of dollars, hundreds of million dollars into their triple A games. And they do not have the deep pockets that Microsoft does. When like when it comes to Sony, PlayStation is their most profitable division. When it comes to Microsoft, Xbox is not their most profitable uh, division. And that's why they're able to be do all these loss leader uh, plans like game pass or these acquisitions because they make windows they can play the long long game like nobody else can yeah totally so uh, i totally as a consumer, understand that, i don't like, care about sony, that <laughs> sony needs to get their like 60 70 dollars out of yeah. people to, rec- to to continue making these games sure on the other side of it though they're coming out from like uh, from behind with yep. an offering that is trying to match it and is significant and is like down a peg and they are not matching it at all. So to me, it's yeah. like clearly Game Pass is the winner. However, though, if you look at like number of people playing on these platforms, I, they're probably going to still be fine because if, if most people who have a PlayStation probably don't have an Xbox. So they're like, well, Game Pass isn't e- even an option for me. I'm going to get this one because look at all these games I'm getting. Sure. I mean, as a PC gamer, I couldn't give a fuck less. Like, put it that shit on PC. That's why I like Xbox. Totally get it. Yeah. I bet there's plenty of people out there who, and, and even our listeners, they probably have a Switch and maybe a yeah. PS5. Maybe they don't have a gaming PC. Sure. If you didn't have access to Game Pass, if, if, if you know, PlayStation was your primary, which a lot of people are, more than people who are primarily Xbox, right? We've seen the, the sales numbers. Mm-hmm. This is probably exciting for them because maybe they're finally going to get some of the excitement that we're constantly shouting about. I guess so. Yeah. That li- like, the library of stuff they're offering also regularly gets refreshed. So I don't know if that means they're going to take some of that off eventually, but I'm assuming it'll be the game pass model of, of course it's going to go away eventually. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be very similar. I mean, this is pro if anything, this might make a game pass less exciting because there's now going to be exclusives getting like caught up into PS plus that in a world where there was no PS plus, it would have been a game pass title. I mean, we'll never know <laughs> how that exactly works. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, you know, if you're like us who kind of has access to both, it's easy to go 
Game Pass is like the, the better deal here. Just hands yeah. down, you get the day one. I kind of don't think this is a great deal just in general. I I don't know. I don't think it's much better. It is better, obviously, than what you're getting now. I don't think it's that much better, but yeah. I You know, I think it's hard to tell. I, I would have liked that if they came out with this, they had a few third-party games to like name yeah. drop to kind of get me yep. excited. Because at the moment, it, the, the titles they are dropping they're all old titles that I I've bought and played through. Like, look, if you look totally. at the newest game that they're offering, it's Returnal. That's that's yep. going to be more than a year old. By the way, this is launching in June. That's going to be just over a year old by the time this comes out. So maybe yep. that's hinting at you'll get the first party titles a year later. That's a pretty big gap, in my opinion, as someone. But I totally. mean, if you're not someone who wants to play right away, I'm sure it'll be fine for for those people. I mean, there are people we have people who write in and tell us what they're playing on PlayStation now. So this is probably exciting for them. They're about to get a whole bunch more games, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to go. Game Pass is offering more for more value for my 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 dollar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yes, I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see what what pops up in there. And like, I mean, it. I might even subscribe if there starts being like cool third party titles getting added to this. Like I, I'm coming across so many cool third party titles in Game Pass. So we'll see. Yeah, I am interested to see because apparently like indie devs and devs of smaller games and stuff are saying Game Pass has been phenomenal for people to just play their game and get super into it. Yeah, like I wonder if Sony's going to have the same effect or not, depending on what deals they make. I guess. Yep. Nope. Well, time will tell for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, and then some less than stellar news. Uh, Microsoft has come out and said that. Oh, stupid ad block thing! Get out of my face. <laughs> uh, I can't read this because uh, I have the ad block on. <laughs> So I will read you the article gotcha. headline. Microsoft says they won't block the result of the Activision Blizzard union in regards to Raven software. Um, which yeah. on one hand, it's like, I'm glad to hear you won't block that. But they're also not saying that they will acknowledge the union. It's on Activision to acknowledge and then they'll just follow whatever Activision does. Yeah, I wonder if they just cannot. Um do anything about it yet until that goes through completely yeah that's that's probably what it is because they have no say over what activision does for the next little while um yeah i mean like the super good thing would be like hey as soon as we own you we're gonna we will acknowledge it but no you're probably right they can't say so the real question will come down to what happens once they purchase them um activision has seems to have not planning to acknowledge the union so we'll have to see if they just continue doing whatever that says or if they do their own thing. But yeah. And then less stellar news, even further, less stellar news. Phenomena, the developers behind Watam. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago came out with stories um, that uh, it less than stellar that the studio uh, head was belittling and awful to work at the head the head there robin i'm gonna like hunik or something hunik yeah I'm gonna, uh, yeah i don't uh, know watch her last name 
Apparently, um, she's kind of a trash piece of trash. So that sucks. In a way that was either humiliating or entirely unprofessional, emotionally abusive towards employees and regularly used personal information about them. Um, she even went cool. to social media to, quote unquote, apologize like with the most non-apology she i mean she started the tweet off with leadership is a journey and often a difficult one it's like okay awesome (laughs) you're clearly i haven't seen this okay um anyways it sounded like the studio wasn't doing great people were getting laid off uh and then uh the update on the report was that they were facing possible closure and that they were looking for funding uh, just before GDC. So I'll just read mm. the quote here. Funanoma was in the process of closing an investment round just before GDC, which to remind people was last week. Right. And we are still actively working to do so. Last week, we let everyone know that if we do not successfully finish the fundraise, we will be forced to close the studio. Not great, considering a week prior to this, a bunch of allegations came out that this studio leadership is a bit of a mess. I can't imagine a lot of people are going to want to help fund your next project when you have such a dark mark now on your record. Um, Well, hopefully a bunch of those people get jobs in a place that does respect their maybe private, I guess, privacy. I don't really know example like specifics about what uh, she did, but hopefully they find jobs at better places after this. Absolutely. And just like, you know, it's another scenario of like workplace, you know, um, disappointing workplace allegations versus like the product they made, like Watum, the most like yeah. innocent childlike game. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is made by like a shit bird. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. Definitely reminds me of like the Ori and the Blind Forest stuff going on that we talked about a couple weeks ago. All right, with that, let's do some questions. Topdownperspective at gmail.com is the email address if you want to send some questions in. You can also do it at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. I'll read this first one from Chef Le Game Boy themselves. Uh, I grew up really close to a famous burger spot. Okay, first off, I'm just going to quickly say they don't say what the burger spot is. Yeah, unless you're like living next door, you got to say what it is. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay, I grew up really close to a famous local burger spot. As a family, we never got burgers from it. We got teriyaki chicken. Sure. And it was really good teriyaki chicken. (laughs) What's a restaurant near you or that you've heard of or visited that has a dish completely outside of the realm of the rest of the restaurant, but is still good? Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember what rest type of restaurant or type of place it was. It wasn't like a restaurant as we know it. I think it was a bar of some sort. Um, they had some of the best uh, ginger beef I've had. <laughs> okay, they had just really good ginger beef, and I can't remember the name of it or what it was now. I'm trying to think. Mm. I can't think of like a lot of like restaurants I've been to where it's like we're known for this thing. And then I ordered something else because I'm typically going there and I'm ordering like the thing they're known the thing. for. Yeah. Like unless it's a place that's like I go here so much. I need to try something else. Like I have the opportunity sure. to not get like the big one. 
the one thing that kind of comes to mind. Do you remember when McDonald's used to make grilled cheese sandwiches? No, I don't. They were like, <laughs> first off, they were circular, like a puck. Okay. And they were floppy. Oh, gross. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not winning me over. No, here. I'm not. I'm not trying to win you over. Okay. I'm just saying, like, Kid Sean would would like hell yeah, and just roll that thing up into a ball and just eat it. Yeah, sure. Um, the chat they're saying Subway has pizza some locations it's not good but that reminded me because you brought up McDonald's McDonald's used to have pizza when I was a kid and I enjoyed their pizza a decent amount I've never had McDonald's pizza I've never had Subway's pizza the, someone's also in the Subway's. chat saying it's still better than pizza I thought pizza pizza was totally fine I mean I guess like the one I grew up with as like the main go to yeah uh, there's a pizza place nearby here that we get called Fourth Street. Their pizza is very, very good. But also sometimes we get their lasagna, which is kind of weird from a pizza place. Like it's not like an Italian place. It's a pizza shop. Okay. But they also do lasagnas. So. Okay. I was about to say like, no, that's not that weird. You know, Italian like that's fine. But yeah, just, like if Pizza Hut was serving lasagna, I'd be like, huh? Okay. Sure. Yeah. They, to be fair, though, like they're. It's close enough. You're just swapping out yeah, the bread is. for noodles for flat yeah. noodles, which is kind of like bread. Like, yeah, I don't think it's that weird. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, I can't think of any other. Have you ever had like spaghetti or a pasta at like a place that is like this is like a side thing you can get? I've seen I can't remember specifics. I've seen some places where on the kid menu they had just like spaghetti or whatever. It's like, why would they have spaghetti at like a Wendy's or not? No, a Wendy's, I feel like every like, kid's you know. menu is like the same, like four items that are just easy it's to make for every restaurant. So it's like, wait, you guys serve hot dogs? And it's like, no, we serve hot dogs <laughs> yeah. to kids that come in here. You can't order a hot dog. And it's like, damn it. Oh, I like five guys hot dogs. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of in that realm of like, why are you getting a hot dog from Five Guys Burger and Fries? <laughs> I, I get that. As a yeah. kid, when I went to Dairy Queen, because you go to Dairy Queen for their ice cream, I would often yeah. get their hot dogs. Sure. Actually, Dairy Queen is like one of the few places that actually like flame broils their burgers. So you get that char on them. Right. But you never think of like Dairy Queen as like just and it even says like grill on like the na the name of it, yeah. too. Like it's, like it's like desserts and grill or something like that. But we no used to one go to the Dairy like Queen that. for burgers because they had dollar burgers on like. Yeah, one no, of the I days. remember. All, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I haven't done this forever. What was kind of crazy to me? I don't know if this is like a Canadian thing or whatever. So A&W yeah. is not Canadian. Right. But I grew up with A&W being like home of the burger family. Right. You know, yeah. Papa yeah. Burger, Mama Burger. So I come down here and, you know, we're driving around. We must have been like road tripping it. So it's like we're, we just need to stop somewhere and eat. And we stop at an A&W. And my sure. friends had no idea about the burger family. And I was like, oh, man, you can see the menu. It says Papa Burger. You guys know about Papa Burgers and stuff, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm like, you never stopped and thought, why are there Papa Burgers and Teen Burgers? No. What's the burger family? Oh, shit. Wait, so they're still called like teen burgers and papa burgers, even though they don't do like the fam. They don't have like the little pictures of the family on them. I or guess anything? not. Or like the, the <laughs> yeah, or there's just not enough of that iconography to be like we're a whole family. It's just individual. This is a teen burger in a vacuum. 
Oh, weird. So the, huh. they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, home of the burger family. You get a grandpa burger. <laughs> it has three patties on it because he's the oldest one. Yeah. And then you sometimes you get that uncle burger. He's yep. weird. So he has bacon on him. Yeah. Or the the twins, <laughs> the matzah twin burgers. Yeah. I don't know, man. So that was so I guess they're my answer is they're ordering non-traditional things or they don't know why they're ordering it. But the root beer floats are good at A&W. <laughs> yeah, sure. OK. Rasserman seven writes a few days ago, I was notified that one of my coworkers was leaving the company with that. My five people team, when I entered late last year, got reduced to one person myself. Have you had to take it upon yourself a whole team's work due to unlucky happenstances? Um, I've never had to do a whole team's worth. I've definitely had like someone leave the team, like one person, and, and then they just cover. didn't replace him. So the rest yeah. of us had to do a little bit extra. Yeah. Uh, my whole life has been people leaving for various reasons period. and me having to do extra work. <laughs> yeah, just period. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that sucks. Uh, no. uh, if that was happening to me, I would start to wonder why is everyone leaving? Should I also be leaving? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never had it where the whole team was gone either. Yeah. Uh, dead rights. Would you ever consider doing another tabletop down perspective? No, absolutely not out of the fucking question. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would do it too. Um, you know, it's just, we're obviously not all together at some point. We, I mean, we could do online tabletops, but I, I, you know, I still like doing stuff in person. And I mean, like when I come home for Christmas and I do have board game nights, it's, it's often like people who are not associated with top down perspectives. So I'm not going to, so I don't really want to be like, Hey guys, I'm going to live stream this for some people because they're yeah. totally not about that life. Um, yeah. And it's also sometimes like the, the only time of the year I see them. So I don't want to be like held back of like, okay, but you know, don't say everyone's last name or whatever, you know, don't talk about that where we are. So sometimes I just want to like chill out with people. I only get to see once in a while. So yeah, totally. Uh, the Spectre Protector dash Phantom Aegis. <laughs> okay. Ahoy, TDP crew. Scenario time. Capcom has a sudden urge to open a limited time restaurant. <laughs> fucking restaurants. Representing Capcom franchises. Choose which theme you would like to see in a hypothetical restaurant and what item that would be served. So this happens all the time in Tokyo. Uh, whenever a new game comes out, just in general. Yeah. But... The easiest one is make a Monster Hunter cafe sort of thing. They already have delicious looking food that makes me hungry every time I see it. So just make that a reality. I was going to say, I think the easiest is like Mega Man. You have so many bosses you could like theme stuff around. Sure. Um, and it's like cartoony enough that you could, you know, uh -huh. shape things, color things. Mm hmm. <laughs> a wrap the loaves. Oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely just do a Monster Hunter thing. Super easy. Uh, VGC Kenny says, uh, you keep talking about wanting a Switch Pro, but would you rather a Switch Pro this holiday season and the successor to the Switch in 2027 
or no Switch Pro, but the successor to the Switch comes in 2024. I mean, the Switch is like my tertiary thing, so I don't care. I would say like I want the better thing in three years rather than a half grade at the end of the year. So you would take the successor in 2024? Uh, whatever the better one is, the the successor in 2027. Well, sorry, the, the successor is going to come either in 2024 oh, or I see. 2027. Yeah, 2024. So do you want the half step? No, I don't want the half step, <clears throat> I guess, is the thing. This is hard for me because, like, I definitely want the successor sooner, but I'm also really itching for, like, an upgrade to the Switch because every time I play it, I'm just kind of bummed out. Yeah, this is actually would be an interesting one for John, too, because you two actually play the Switch more than once a year. I think I might still say the, the successor sooner. Yeah, because because it would be a bigger jump sooner than later. It would also save me money because then I don't have to buy two things. Sure. So I think I'm with you. Makes sense. Successor in 2024. No half. Just step. get that shit out, man. Just <clears throat> get it out. <laughs> Final insanity. I recently had had a conversation where someone said Chrono Trigger had aged poorly. This struck me as really odd. Considering that, regardless of my own opinion, most conversations I see around the game is on how well it's aged. This got me wondering, what exactly is it about games that causes them to have been to be seen as having aged poorly or aged well? How much does the perception have to do with the actual quality of the game? Does it have more to do with not matching up with standards and design philosophies of modern games? So, okay, the one that we could just get out of the way right away, something that has not aged um, or has aged poorly can just be something that uses maybe some slurs or wording that is no longer acceptable. So let's get that one just out of the way. That's an easy layup answer. Sure. Okay, mechanically and stuff, though, <laughs> which is what this question is really about. Um, yeah. I, I don't think the quality of the game matters too much because if you're remembering yeah. the game being bad and it's still bad, you're not going to say, oh, well, it, it aged poorly. Yeah, because you, you're just going to be like, yeah, this is still bad. It, nothing's changed, really. I think a lot right. of it does have to do with design standards. Like if sure. I went and played like a first person shooter that didn't do like left trigger to zoom in, right trigger to shoot, you know, I would I would be like, this is weird. Why are you why aren't you like we we came to a, a conclusion where this is how shooters feel now. What if I told you that the left trigger throws a grenade? <laughs> yeah, like, no, what are, you, what are you doing? Exactly. Like like old style. There's a reason Halo switched and got in line with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I mean, I think, that's I, think I agree. I am curious what has aged poorly about Chrono Trigger, because it's a pretty standard just JRPG menuing and choosing options and stuff. I think pixel art stays like is pretty easy to uh, stand the test of time. And the music's fantastic in that game, too. I could maybe see because like I feel like there are some thing, some like milestones with with genres where it's like hey once this was added everyone in this genre kind of needs to do this now or it's going to seem like yeah. it's missing something so for example what one thing that comes to mind with me 
was like Burnout Paradise, where it's like, I can't yeah. fast travel around the map. Like, I have to drive all the way to the next thing. That's crazy. <laughs> In like, you know, when did that come out? 2019 was the remaster or whatever, 2020. It's like, would you say that about just like any open world game that like, how do you not have some form of fast travel to get across the map? Yeah, like at this point, I I probably would. Yeah. Um, So maybe the thing with Chrono Trigger. So when it comes to RPGs, it's like there's no way to like speed up the battles or like avoid battles or do any kind of auto battling, which I feel like is something that has been added to a lot of RPGs at this point. Sure. Uh, So maybe it's something like that. Um but I do think that like genres do evolve and then, you know, they get more yeah. complex and they add mechanics that they're, they, you know, the ones that get adopted going back to g- games that do not have those. It would be like, oh, I remember when games used to do this. That's why this game feels old. Yeah. Yeah. Like regardless of whether or not you even care, for example, tank controls feel old and didn't age well. I like tank controls because I grew up with them, so it doesn't phase me, but I can recognize that it's bad. Yeah, days. I mean, nostalgia is going to, like, you know, ch- change everything a bit. Sure, sure. Um, so at some point, like like you said, you're going to have to kind of step out of yourself and, and look at it as, like, a third party almost. Um, mm-hmm. I, c- I can definitely agree with that. Uh, I did have one more point, but I think I lost it. Okay. Suka Suka writes, every day we feel the passage of time. Companies go out of business. Games, even good games, get lost to time. With the with the licenses of many games in limbo and little to no chance at a re-release, what should be done? What can be done? Oh, uh, archive.org has a bunch of like depositories of people that have ripped old games, uh, shareware, freeware, maybe some piracy even and like if you're looking for a game that cannot be found maybe just check there first otherwise the answer is emulation is what keeps this stuff going yeah i i mean i wish emulation was more widespread from like a like a production level of like we want to ensure this is going to last um and, you know, it really just doesn't happen because a lot of developers don't see a lot of value in like, well, people are going to want to play this 15 years from now. And us keeping the servers up for it or whatever, we're not going to make that money back. So it becomes a hard ask. It's hard for online stuff, for sure. It's a huge task to do. I mean, and it's also weird because like, when you, you know, if you try to it, games are so unique compared to any other medium that's trying to be archived. Like if you talk about movies, it's like once we're able to make the movie digital, we'll have access to it forever. We no longer need to like get out of VCR or whatever. It's like we have the file. You can watch it forever. It's fine. But like games, some require servers. Games go through patches. So there's different versions. Should we be archiving every single version? I mean, yes, yes, technically, but that's also crazy to think about. Like, they're so unique in that way. Even books like books will have like reprints that might alter things a little bit. Um, yeah. Those original printings are worth a huge money if you have them too, to collectors. <laughs> sure. But I mean, again, yeah. again, like once you like make a digital version of it, you're fine forever. It's it's saved. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So games are just such a, 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 a massive undertaking. 
that that's you know developers don't want don't want to go through that because the return on the thing is is so small like yeah. no one's going out there saying like hey i would like to pay 60 dollars for your game but i want the two patches ago version like no one's at really asking for that at least not from like a major like widespread standpoint so why would they yeah. maintain that right like that's why the like people that rip that stuff and upload them to just giant data bases and stuff like that are the real heroes in that movement i do wish there was like a centralized maybe official like i don't know company or group of people that did that like everything that goes gold if that gets printed on a disc goes through them and they download every patch into a thing or something like i wish there was better archiving of that stuff that is required but I think people just in general fans of stuff have been doing a pretty good job so far. There are definitely blind spots, but yeah. Well, and it's also hard because like so many of the games are made in different ways. So yeah. They have, and they're on different hardware. So it's like, even look at like the PlayStation plus thing. You can only stream PS3 games and the joke going around Twitter is like, because Sony doesn't even know how the PS3 worked, so they can't get the emulation going. Um, it's unfortunately true though. <laughs> So, and, you know, each of these platforms, you know, p- plays the games differently and whatnot. It's it's not the same as like the movie plays the, you know, the, the DVD player plays the movie. Windows Media Player plays the movie. Yeah. Done. We have figured out how to play the movie. So, yeah, it's it's very complicated. For sure. Um, Arctic Arctic Scarab. A lot of the discussions around new PlayStation services lack of free day one first party releases as Microsoft currently does on Game Pass. I was wondering, though, did Microsoft basically pull an Amazon slash Walmart practice example, offer your products at such low prices that even though you lose money on them, the amount of people you get somehow evens that out and other stores can't compete on that scale for lack of profit margin slash wealth? What are your opinions on that? Yeah, absolutely. The Microsoft has money. They're going to utilize it. Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, I mean, this is basically like what Netflix did at the very beginning is they started they made a service to the point where it's like almost everyone has Netflix as like a baseline. Of course, I subscribe to Netflix. Yeah. Um, And then the other ones, they like pick and choose theirs. And I bet that's what's going to kind of happen with Game Pass. It's going to be kind of like, oh, well, of course I have Game Pass. And then maybe I also subscribe to Stadia or yada yada sure. you, know, you have your like choice ones that are specific to maybe your thing you know i also have the nintendo online service because you know i want the nintendo one as well or i have you know epic epic game store might as well be one because i got a free game every week oh sure yeah so yeah i mean they're just kind of like the first one that hit big so it's pretty much like netflix and much like netflix netflix is like you know it, they've raised their price but at the time it was like you know eight bucks a month this is too good to be true this has the entirety of X show I love done. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I heard Crunchyroll is kind of in a similar thing where they just did another like acquire. They acquired something else. I don't know specifics about anime and like that sort of thing, but a whole bunch of stuff they were missing. They now have or will have. So they're getting too big to fail at this point as well. I think Crunchyroll and Funimation just merged. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that yeah, that's like, those are like huge. the two biggest ones. So they have like yeah. everything now. Yeah. The secret is that every company that can afford this does it because it's better for them. In well, the long and, run. and you, you keep seeing the model works, right? For sure. Um, and I think the cycle is just going to happen more and more. Like 
with with like streaming services we went from like hey cable sucks let's make the streaming mm-hmm. service and now there's so many streaming services you're paying like the price of cable so we're basically back at the same thing again and it'll the cycle will probably repeat at some point they're going to come up with one that's like well this combines four of the streaming services all in one for a cheap price and that's going to be a godsend and then the, you know we, this is how it's going to happen forever and ever yeah all right that's going to do it uh for questions if you'd like to send in a question for next week top down perspective at gmail.com at tdp podcast on twitter the discord channel or john's p.o box what's your game of the week i guess ghostwire um mine's going to be playing elden ring on my x screen yeah if i had played any elden ring this week i would have given it to it but i didn't (laughs) uh some things to look out for f-zero x has won the most recent poll so that will be our april tdp plus game uh we will be recording our WarriorWare gold episode right after this uh, so if you're at the appropriate patron tier, come watch that live. Uh, if you are a fan of TVP, we had an episode of Turning Red go up earlier this week. And we're still unsure what we should do for the next episode. There is an ongoing Twitter poll for a few more days. I think we're go, pretty sure looking at that poll. <laughs> please go to our Twitter and vote on if we should do an episode about Morbius which I saw on Rotten Tomatoes has a 16%. Oh, it's lower than you even guessed. Holy crap. <laughs> or Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Because uh, that will be what our next episode is about. Yeah. Um, all right. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.